morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> serious? Martin Kilcoyne. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. Monday edition here, Midday Grind, coming to you from Persimmon Woods Golf Club. It is the site of the annual Marquette Alumni Golf Outing here, a little scholarship fundraising. Martin Kilquin with you on this Monday, Charlie Marlowe, on assignment, which means he's back from his weekend trip to Vegas, which I believe was cut short because of the hockey. This is a good problem to have. Everybody is sort of juggling their schedule this time of year. We'll do the same here on our lineup because Cam Jansen is going to be coming on at 1 o'clock. Normally, Cam's show runs at 6. I believe that will be on at 6 tonight. But the original version will be at 1. So if you're ready for a full hour of intense hockey talk from the intense. We moved it earlier so he's sober. I think that's the short answer. <laughs> Cam Jansen coming your way at 1 o'clock. Monday edition here. Again, now, you a say lot that of because talk. you're all the way at a golf course in Persimmon Woods. So he can't get you where you're at. Correct. I've made a lot of really bold, uh, cocky comments about Cam Jansen over the years. Never once when he was in, in, the, in the same zip code, <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. Uh, a lot of hockey to talk about. I thought what we'd do, maybe tee it up early. Five for Frank. I know he was in Enterprise Center. Solly was there. A lot of coverage from down there. A lot of roster updates. Vince Dunn he is back in the lineup, I think, for game three. He said he was close but not quite ready. Got hit with the puck in that series with the Sharks. But Vince Dunn gives you an element there on the power play, but also some speed defensively. He's back. Sunquist returns from the one-game suspension. And what does that mean to the roster? Well, Sanford was inserted to take his spot. Sanford will stay, and the Blues will take Fabry out of the lineup. Also, Vince Dunn in. Bortuzzo was out. I think Frank tried to turn it into an Italian conspiracy because Fabry and Bortuzzo both pulled from the lineup. But let's see it up. Five for Frank brought to you each day by Greenville University. Time to tee up the hot topics. It's Five for Frank. Brought to you by Greenville University, a liberal arts institution. Just 45 miles from St. Louis. All right, let's tee it up with lap one, as it were. Frank's monologue. Was there a more awkward moment than the Jake Allen having to come into a game at Enterprise Center for the first time since January. Brian, you are Jake Allen. What did you think at that moment when Bennington gets pulled? The boy wonder has to leave the game, and all of a sudden, yeah, that's right. Jake Allen's still in uniform. Um, I guess my first thought would be this is not how I expected my Stanley Cup debut to be, the circumstances to be. Always had big dreams of playing in the Stanley Cup final and Correct. never, never because I'm Filling in in a blowout in the middle of a series. Yeah, is there a weirder moment in this Blues season than a tweet that comes out from the St. Louis Blues and it says Jake Allen is entering the game in goal? And you're thinking, we haven't heard his name since when? Playing in a game. It had to be a weird moment for him getting it. And I, I was not. I was actually in the studio. I was not in the building. But my understanding 
is that he actually got a pretty nice cheer from the. I think at that point you're hoping for anything, but I would say that ranks right up there with Oscar Sundquist being out of the lineup and people being upset about it. If I told you in October that losing Sundquist was a huge deal in the Stanley Cup, you'd be like, "What?" Or like you, you were going to wish to get Vince Dunn back in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Correct, but I'm like, <laughs> but people, like Sundquist is out. Oh my God, what are we going to do with Oscar, Oscar, without Oscar Sundquist? You would have never said that back in October. It's it's part of what makes this season weird. It makes this team weird. They lost to the Jets. Remember the six three game? Bennington gave up five goals. They were terrible. They've had a few of these clunkers. Now you can't afford any more. That's obvious. Which leads to number two. Now you are Craig Berube, which, by the way, fun to see at the Cardinal game. I kind of like that instead of, you know, being panicked or paranoid. And I mentioned to somebody, hey, you know, it shows the team he's not in panic mode. They said there's one thing Craig Berube will never do. He will not panic. They said, if anything, he gets the team so amped up and ready to go that they're maybe a little too charged up. But you are Craig Berube. What what options did you consider today? Did you think about benching Perron? I... Briefly. This is when Charlie always gets confused. No, wait a minute. Am I, I am Craig Berube. Yes, I'm Craig you are Ruby. Craig Berube. I'm at the Cardinal game. I'm drinking, eating, because I don't have to skate, so I can do whatever I want. Right. Um, That crossed my mind, but that also, I guess, to me as the head coach, maybe had an element of a panic move, and we're only down 2-1. So let's stick with the roster that got us here. I agree with that, and the point was also made. As bad as Perron has been, and he, he sort of did dumb things earlier in his career, head-scratching things, frustrated you as a player. But the point was made that he still has the ability to score, more so than some of these other options, and you cannot take that off the ice at this point when you need goals, obviously, to win the games. I, I think what's happened to him is he's tried to take on a role. He's tried to be a little bit more of an agitator. It's been argued that's always who he was, but I think he's really tried to take on that role during this playoff run. But he's he's crossing that line and doesn't know, you know, aggressive versus stupid. And clearly he's he's become the poster child right now. I mean, it's amazing. You know, Bennington did give up five goals on 19 shots, not all his fault, but that's an atrocious line. And I think almost everybody was torqued off at David Perron. But I think you're right. I think Craig Bruby, if you do it tonight, game three, Maybe that is a bit of a panic. Now, what I do do for Perron, though, is if I, I'm head coach Craig Berube, interim head coach Craig Berube, my official title, I do have someone on my staff put the numbers out. How we're doing five-on-five five this series. Puck possession time, what the score is, how many shots. I show that to David Perron, and I say, stop. This, this is what matters. Stop the stupid penalties. That I do do as interim head coach Craig Berube. Andy Strickland on uh, Fox 2 last night when he's not busy with the NHL Network. Yeah, how about uh, that? How about Strick? Not, and he wears a tie for them but doesn't for us. I'm not sure how to read that. <laughs> Wore a different sport code for us, but Strick Does made the point. Does he untie the tie and kind of have it on the side? Yeah, like over the Brian Burke. <laughs> like, like I've been on a four-week bender. Look, I can't even tie my tie. <laughs> to be fair, Strick kind of has been. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> In fact... <laughs> This morning, I ran over uh, Joe Buck has his golf tournament for Children's Hospital. You just said I ran over Joe Buck. I know that the context is uh, different. I'm sorry. But... Okay. Try to, try to cover a lot of ground here. Yeah. Got a lot to get to. <laughs> I ran over to the Joe Buck golf tournament this morning, and Jimmy O'Brien from OB Clarks was there. 
And I said, boy, you guys have had some late nights. And he said, remember, we close at 1. And I said, but you've had some really good Remember, we close at 1. So officially, <laughs> they close at 1. But our guy, 622Blue, Strict Dog, may have been there a little past closing time. But anyway, his point, Andy's, not Joe's, on Sports Final was that he thinks the Blues are better than the Bruins 5-on-5. Five five, but said it doesn't matter if you're going to give them multiple power plays because they are so good at that area. Uh, do you agree with that? that they're better. I, I guess we don't know that for a fact yet. I do, and I guess I go back to game two, a game that the Blues controlled most of the way, especially uh, latter half of the third period and all of the overtime, and a lot of that was five on five, especially the overtime period, minus the final 10, 15 seconds where the Blues had six on five due to the delayed penalty. I do agree that if this series is determined on a five-on-five basis, I actually think the Blues can win the Cup. Problem is, up until this point, it's been decided by power plays, and this series will be over shortly if it remains that way. I will have to say the Celeb Watch, that was pretty strong. I mean, when you've got, of course, John Hamm, diehard Blues fan there, Chris Long with his dad, Howie Long, Isaac Bruce, Jackie Joyner-Kersey, and then you weave in Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. That was random. And wasn't it? Am I the only one who said this is kind of cool, but this is kind of confusing? <laughs> Kelsey was wearing a throwback Gretzky jersey, and Patrick Mahomes was chugging beers in the Jumbotron, which I guess is that's the thing now. I think the Milwaukee Bucks really started with their Packers linemen, and then Rodgers would pretend to, but Yelich would pound a beer. It soon, wait for it, somebody's going to start complaining about this. What are the kids going to learn from the – Pro athletes pounding beer. There's going to be a complaint about it. What did we think about Mahomes? Wasn't it? He seemed to be passionate. Had we ever connected him and Blues hockey before? Uh, no, that one very much caught me off guard. Uh, I think it's cool that they made it, but that was the one where I'm okay. You know, you see John Hamm. He's from he's from St. Louis. You see all the Blues alumni there who obviously played for the team. Isaac Bruce played in St. Louis. Jackie Jordan Kersey from the area. That's the one that if someone asked me why they're there, my only explanation could be because they wanted to go. Right, wanted to go. But the thing is, if you're a celeb or you're a pro athlete, you got money, you got access. And he's from Tyler, Texas. To... How much exposure to well, hockey well, do you think he's had? Well, that's what I'm saying. You go to the game <laughs> and you say, hey, it's cool. I always wanted to go to one. Or you know, I live in Kansas City. I can hop over there quickly. But to go and be passionate about it, and to be seemingly a Blues fan, that's what threw me off. It's not like, hey, look, Patrick Mahomes. Like, how many times in the World Series they'll show a shot? Hey, look, this celeb is here, this celeb is here. But they're just kind of sitting there watching the game. They're not pounding beers on the Jumbotron, firing up the crowd. That's That just sort of added to the randomness of it. Now, to John Hams, not that he needs any defense, but if you think, well, here we go, somebody that's a Hollywood big shot is coming back to their hometown and waving the flag. He did that ad 10 years ago, remember, with his dirty blues, his old blues hat. And he said, I want to name my kid T.J. Oshie, even if it's a girl. And So he's, this has been a long time coming. And Joe Buck, in an interview we did earlier after we ran over him, said when John Hamm was a struggling actor and living on one of Joe's buddies, like on a couch in L.A., he said, we would talk on the phone. He said, you know what we talked about? The blues and the playoffs. So this has been going on for a long time. But it was a great celeb watch. I don't know that St. Louis could be any stronger in that regard. Now, the game, not so much. Wow. All right, true or false, Yadier Molina went on to the DL, IL, 
just, and, and your gut reaction was, boy, this is just in time for a couple of home games for the Blues. True, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised we did not see a Yadier Molina appearance during the three-hour rain delay on Saturday night. <laughs> just saying, you know, I'm not playing. I'm not sure when the game will be restarted because there was a lot of rain in the forecast for the next couple of hours. The Enterprise Center is two miles down the road. Not even, yeah. Yeah, I can get there pretty quick, and if they need me to, for emotional support later on, I can come on back. But let's just have let's have Brian Bartow shoot a text to Mike Crusoe to see if they can let me in. I'm guessing he may have appeared and just didn't want to be seen <laughs> because he didn't want it to look bad. But maybe, i got to look into that. Maybe he actually was in the building. I guarantee he will. He'll be there tonight, tonight that, right? Yeah. Oh, yep, yeah. for sure, because they they're in town tomorrow, but off today. You'll see Wayne. I'm sure a ton of them will be there for the game tonight. It was a weird deal on Saturday because that rain delay, the Cardinals did very little updating on Twitter. So for like a couple of hours and the game was on Fox too. So we're getting all these calls saying, what's the plan? What and we, we don't know. We don't know. And then we go on with a little bit of hockey post game coverage. And I just keep updating people saying, apparently they're still going to play, which nobody could figure out. The commission did a great job explaining it saying, basically if they stop it there, there's no suspended game. And all the guys who hit home runs would have been torqued off. All Goldschmidt would have been furious. Yeah, and I think Rizzo, there were, Hayward, a bunch of them said they wanted to play, finish that game. It was weird because it's getting late at night, and we all kept saying, I, what are they waiting I, for? I would have enjoyed a poll between the players and the media members that had to cover that game. What should so we let's do? Let's get out of here. <laughs> Can you look, and I, I don't know that we'll do end of the day today, so it could be tomorrow even, but one of our producers on the TV side said you can, if it had been – if it had been 2-2 and they would played the complete five, so it's a complete game officially, if they had done the 2-2, he said, you can call it a tie. And I said, in baseball? He said, yeah, you can have a tie. And I said, I don't think so. Because at the end of the year, then somebody's got 97 wins, somebody's got 98, and you got this whole mess in terms of who won the division or who gets the wild card. Can you look into that? I didn't understand all of the rules. The commission explained it well. They needed it to be – it could not be suspended because they didn't complete that fifth inning. And because the Cardinals weren't winning in the bottom of the fifth. Anyway, added to a lot of confusion. Final thought here, five for Frank slash Hoff, brought to you by Greenville University. The Cardinals sweeping the Cubs means what? Oh, boy, that's a good question. That's really good. Because we've we've said in recent weeks, you know, the Cubs are just better. That's all. And the Cards are not as good as we've said that pretty convincingly. And yet you look at it and say, well, if they are better, then how did they beat them three straight? You know, here's what I'll say. The Cardinals beating the Cubs means if your starting pitching is on, you can beat anyone. You got a really good start out of Michaelis on Friday night. Flaherty was pitching pretty well up until the rain delay and he got pulled, but he still had two earned, eight strikeouts, no walks, and five innings, and certainly could have given you at least two more had it not been a three-hour rain delay in between. And Wainwright gave maybe the most uncharacteristic eight-inning shutout you'll ever see with seven walks. But it shows because the offense was not very good over the weekend. He scored 11 runs in three games, didn't have any extra base hits, took a long time on Friday to get your first. But if your starting pitching is on and pitching to its capability, you can beat any team in the National League. The issue is it hasn't been for much of the season, and that's when it just happens to coincide with long bouts of losing. So that's that's my takeaway. I still have concerns, but... It does appear this team will live and die by its starters. 
shocking development with them sweeping the Cubs. I, I got to say, none of us would have put money. I think Charlie was optimistic on Friday and said he would take two or three. Uh, he was predicting at least they would take two or three. All right, we'll conclude five for Frank with this random note. Photographer Mike Border, friend of the show, said Patrick Mahomes was in a bar in Soulard last summer by himself. Wow. So maybe, maybe he has some friends here. Doesn't sound like he was hanging out with them. We'll get to the bottom of the, the most random story. thing. I know Zach Choate's on hold, but what I recently found out is Andrew Benatendi, who plays for the Boston Red Sox, and to my knowledge, whether it be high school, collegiately, or any level of the minor leagues, has never played in St. Louis, but lives in the off season in St. Louis. The, what happened was, I believe the story is he went to Arkansas, which naturally drew him to the Blues, and I believe he married a St. Louis girl. Okay. And I think, as we all know, as it happened many times, that means you're pretty much staying here. Jamie Rivers, Barrett Jackman, I believe their wives. Charlie Marlowe. Like, hey, we're like, hey, that's great. You guys are still living here. Like, yeah, my wife's from here. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, nothing random about it. Zach Choate on the line because we told him to call in, and he probably would pepper Patrick Mahomes, not with questions about his affinity for St. Louis or the Blues, but Zach would start out with a fantasy football question for Mahomes if I had to predict it. Zach, live after attending the morning skate, joining us. Zach, how are you? Martin, guys, what's up? How we doing? By the Did way, you enjoy the Mahomes won me a fantasy football championship this past <laughs> season. Two out of the last three years at uh, Fox Two. Had to put that in there. Shameless. There it is. That's what I said. If you had the chance to talk to him, <laughs> you wouldn't say, "Dude, what are you doing here? And why do you care?" You were in the building that night. Wasn't that part of the weirdness? Is that not that he was there, but that he was so into the Blues? Didn't you get that sense? Yeah. You had Travis Kelsey wearing a Wayne Gretzky jersey as well. The old school, like, 96 jersey. There were all kinds of people there. They were like, what in the world? I guess, you know, Jenna Fisher being there, that's self-explanatory, being from St. Louis, John Hamm. But there were a lot of other celebrities there. They're like, whoa, how about this? The Blues on the national stage. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and aside from the fact the game was terrible, which you can't really say aside from that because that's all that matters, that experience, that building, downtown, uh, and I don't know how much time you spent walking around, but just the visuals even of the NHL Network and NBC Sports Network doing their shows and just massive amounts of people. As somebody, and Zach, people need to know this, when Zach came to Fox 2, he's like, you know, my number one thing is I love the Blues. I love the Blues. I can't wait to cover the Blues. And collectively, Charlie, Rich, Martin, we were, off this will surprise you, we were sort of the wet blankets. We said, oh, no, they'll just break your heart, Zach. They'll break your heart. Now here it is. Stanley Cup final, and to have that in St. Louis, the exposure, the visuals of all of that, how cool was it? Really cool, and I think it's still kind of shocking and stunning to a lot of people. I'll go back for me when I was covering game six of the Western Conference final. You know how we're supposed to, before the game is over, about five minutes left, we're supposed to go down to the tunnel and get ready to get interviews. But I remember telling you, I said, Martin, I just want to go inside the arena and experience this with the fans and it was really cool just hearing the chance we want the cup and i'll be honest with you i know i'm telling a lot of people this but you know i got pretty emotional seeing a lot of people i remember you know back when i was younger my mom and dad would take me you know to the old arena when we were watching games you know watching brett hall i would stand in line forever just to get brett hall's autograph so I mean, it's all come full circle. My mom was texting me. Some family members are like, "Holy smokes! I cannot believe that this is happening. The Blues are finally in the Stanley Cup final for the first time in my life and a lot of other people's lives." So, um, and then watching Game Three, and they talked about this um, a little bit as well. 
that I think there was just so much hype to start the game three. I think there were a lot of butterflies, a lot of nerves. And what Craig Berube said earlier this morning was that, you know what, he feels that this team is calm once again. Because if you go back throughout these entire playoffs, for me, I was probably ticked off after the Blues had a 2 nothing lead on Winnipeg. Winnipeg came back and won the next two. I think that was the only time where I was pretty much concerned. But then you saw, you know, the Blues down 2 nothing in that third period, came back and won that series. They were down 3-2 in the series against Dallas. They were down 2-1 in the series against San Jose after that ridiculous hand pass fiasco. And we are here once again. They're down 2-1 to Boston. Um, am I confident about tonight? I think I'm pretty confident. I don't know if I'm Mark Messier guarantee confident, but we've seen this throughout the playoffs and we've seen this basically since January. So I know a lot of blues fans, there are some that maybe are getting close to the cliff, but I say, hold on, let's see what happens tonight. Because if you get the win tonight, I think all the pressure is on Boston to win game five at home. All right, Zach, I gotta, I gotta put myself in the penalty box here. So we're, we're talking to Zach Choate, Fox 2, and I can tell he's on his phone that he's getting text messages. Yeah, what's wow. going on here? And it's going And then I realize I'm part of a group text with the guys from work, including Charlie <laughs> Marlowe. We're all texting each other, and you're in that group, so I'm guilty of it. I'm actually part of the problem. So I've sent some of these texts that your phone is going It's my fault. So I, I, I will cease – texting for the remainder of this interview all right zach was at the morning skate say, like, hey, I'm, not, I'm not really that popular what the hell is going on here you're blowing like all your friends and family are listening right now the mighty 590 and they're texting no it's just you me and dave job and charlie going back and forth yeah go, right. hey, we're jamming here guys yeah we got it we're jamming what was said today let, let's update everybody i talked about at the top of the show let's go through the lineup yeah. changes and then what was said so the big story today vince dunn returns and, um, you know what, guys, I'm, I think I'm pretty shocked about this because I talked to Vince back on Friday, and he looked like a guy that was nowhere near ready for Game 3 and Game 4 as well. And, and off camera, I said, I said, obviously, you know, this team needs you. But I mean, you're looking at Game 5, and he kind of like shook his head. I don't know. And now, you know, when we see him in the lineup, I think he's going to play with uh, Carl Gunnarsson on that third line, and I think he's going to be – on that second power play unit, I asked him earlier, I said, is this a decision that's all based on, you know, your health? And he goes, yeah, if I'm ready to go, you know, I should be back in. And Craig Berube said, hey, we're putting him in. He's ready. He's going to be the same Vince Dunn. So that's a big, that's a big lineup uh, posting for the Blues. First time in the lineup since taking a clutch of the face back in game three in San Jose. Zach Sanford is going to stay in. He's going to play on that second line with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. I know a lot of people are talking about way early, way early in the regular season. That line was together, and they posted some massive numbers. And then uh, Robbie Fabry is going to be out. Sammy Blay moves to that third line with Patrick Maroon. And uh, who am I missing? Tyler Bozak. And then, uh, yeah, so those, those are your lineup changes for tonight. And I don't know how many options uh, Craig Berube had, but I, I think you had to at least consider – sitting Perron, even just to send a message. You know, and Brian Hoffman made the point, you know, then that's kind of a panic move. He's been a key contributor, even though he's having a terrible series. I, I just think that Bruby had to – don't you think it's at least considered, whether it's him talking to Army or his coaching staff, that they had to at least consider taking him out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what was going on with that first penalty. I think that was completely unnecessary, and you saw what happened. I think Petrangelo was back there on that first goal. 
and uh, they scored after the fact, anyways. But um, I think Petrangelo, you know, said it that this team needs to stay out of the penalty box because Boston's power play. I haven't seen the numbers, but I would bet this has been one of the best power plays we've ever seen in the National Hockey League Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm telling you that right now because if you look at the numbers, the Blues have been a better team five on five. I think they've outscored them six to five in the series, and it's something crazy. I think they've Boston's outscored them 13-7 overall or some, something like that. So if the Blues stay out of the penalty box and they stay at 5-on-5, five five, I got obviously a really good chance of evening this series, and we'll see if they can continue maybe the Western Conference final route, as they would, as they would I think, say. Yeah, I think a lot of longtime fans get tired of it. Doug Armstrong touched on it over the years. Hey, this is not about the past, although – a lot of what happened in the past continued with Army here for a few years where fans felt like there was great promise and excitement and then disappointment. So I'm not going to belabor that point and say historically they do this to their fan base where they get them excited, then they let them down. I think it's more specific to this year's team where, and I won't say schizophrenic, but they do occasionally have a huge clunker, and then they're fine. And so I guess I'm, I guess that nobody was overreacting other than disappointment to the game because they have sort of done this on occasion. Yeah, and I think that's a huge reason why they're here. I mean, they have a short memory. Oscar Sundquist, he is back in the you know, I didn't even mention Oscar. I forgot about him. He's suspended for game three. He's back in the lineup, and he basically just kept talking about the reset button. If you go back to January, basically when Jordan Bennington was in, this team has been really good responding. And I think it's a really positive note that Jordan Bennington, by the way, who was pulled for the first time in his career, Coming off a loss this year, he is an astounding 12-2. and two. And this also goes back, Martin, you were there down in the tunnel after the Western Conference Final when they clinched a spot in the Stanley Cup Final. Nobody even really celebrated. I mean, they had a few drinks, you know, a few laughs and a few hugs, and that was basically That was just was, the media. It was, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was business from there, and they've taken that approach. And it's a huge reason why that they're here. It really doesn't matter. 7-2 hand pass, whatever. Yeah, they have the ability to turn the page. And in hockey, it's the weirdest deal. You'll see a team coming out all fired up one night, and then the next night they're just flat, and then they say, hey, we didn't come out with enough energy. And you're like, well, how does how does it happen? It's sort of hard yeah. to figure out. I think the concern, the real concern, I think, is that you allowed, because of the power play, you allowed that great first line of the Bruins that had been quiet. You kind of got them going, and I think that's the fear is that maybe they found their mojo the other night. Yeah, I think that was a huge story going into game three was that Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak had basically done nothing. I mean, Marchand had that empty netter, I believe it was, back in game one, but it looks like they're starting to wake up. And really, all four of Boston's lines were getting it done, especially their third and fourth line. You know, you saw Achari score. By the way, Tory Krug, he's been playing really well. I know he's turning. I thought it was going to be Brad Marchand. He was going to be the villain, but he's been relatively quiet. It's been Tory Krug, and um, that also goes back to the hit on Robert Thomas. I didn't see Robert, I didn't see Robert Thomas playing or skating today, so I, we have no idea when he's going to be back. Yeah, my understanding is you're not going to see him, So, which is a huge loss, that third line, but I don't think Robert Thomas is in the mix Moving forward, you got guys who are banged up. Even Patrice Bergeron, I think it was Pierre Maguire, said a lot of folks think you're hurt. And he said, I'm okay. And he said, so you're injured? He said, uh, I'm okay. So I think there's a lot of guys playing hurt. Something's not quite right with O'Reilly, but at this point it doesn't matter. 
Here's my final thought, Zach, tonight to win. I just don't think you can count on a Perron or a Blay at this point as much as you love secondary scoring. I think to win tonight, Schwartz, Shen, Tarasenko, your best players, that top line for the Blues is going to have, have to have a big night. Yeah, we haven't seen Jane. Jane Schwartz, obviously, has had a really good playoff series or really good Stanley Cup playoffs. But in this series, he's been pretty quiet. You know, the same can be said for Shen. I know Tarasenko had his point streak in, but you're exactly right. And that goes back to Martin. We've seen this before. When they have needed someone, I think we've got something out of 91. We've got something out of 17. You know, Shen had the big goal back in game six when they clinched against San Jose. So I think you're exactly right. They're going to need a big boy to step up, and we've seen that you know, throughout these playoffs with Winnipeg, Dallas, and San Jose. All right, Jack, we'll see you at the rink a little bit later tonight in your Patrick Mahomes right, jersey. Guys. Thank you. All right, Fox 2, Zach Cho checking in with us, and while we're talking, Andy Banker sends in a picture of his son, I think it's the Coltrane, with Benintendi at a Buffalo Wild Wings in St. Louis in December. How random. How, who knew we were the Mecca? for all these current athletes around the professional sports leagues. Let's tell you about some of our great sponsors. This hour brought to you by Triad Bank. They're located in Frontenac. Triadbanking.com is their website. They bring you the Take It to the Bank segments where we have you text in at 855-282-8255. This is a bank that started in St. Louis in 2003 and has been based, well, 2005, but they have been based here 13-plus years now, pushing 14 And that means if you're a business owner looking to do a loan or expand, you talk to them. They can get it done with those decisions being made right here in St. Louis. It's on Clayton Road, Triad Bank, just a little bit west of Lindbergh, close to the Highway 40 exit, so easy to get to. And you will get great, friendly service with Jim Regna, the entire team at Triad Bank. Offenberg Hyundai, located in O'Fallon, Illinois. It's close to downtown St. Louis, Highway 64. Greenmount Road is the exit, easy to get to from downtown. We've said that many times, but if you're buying a car, you want to make sure you're getting it from the right place. Offenberg Hyundai, now their 30th anniversary, the original Hyundai dealer in this area. OffenbergHyundai.com is where you can begin the search online. In fact, pre-owned vehicles, we always mention this. My sister must be listening. She doesn't admit it, but she must be listening to the show because she sent a colleague of hers over there on Saturday and said she had a limited budget and said, here's exactly what I have to spend. Do you have a vehicle? And she said they found her a car that was almost brand new. I think she got a car for about $20,000 that only had 9,000 miles on it. So they will take care of you, whether it's pre-owned or brand new. That's the great service you get and can expect at Offenberg Hyundai. And Fast Eddie's, we're putting this together. Once this blues rut, Hoff, don't laugh. Once this run is over, you'll be feeling a little better. You got what I had last week, I think, a little head cold. Once it's all over, we'll be heading to Fast Eddie's. I can blame you for this. Is that group. what you're saying? Uh, I don't think I haven't been around enough. This is I? allergies for me, actually. Okay, yours are allergies. So it's like I having a, a cold, cold all the time without having a solution. It's it's awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's yeah. Awesome. We, it's we are the, we're the hub for pro athletes randomly appearing here, whether it's been Nintendi or whether it's Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> and for allergies. Throw in allergies, but Fast Eddie's the place to go if you haven't been. You need to get back. Great fun and great food served up every day. They're open seven days a week. In fact, top of the hour, the doors will open. 1 o'clock, Monday through Thursday, and then on the weekends, 11 a.m. doors open. You know all about the great food there. Coldest beer anywhere. Live music every single day of the week. Great fun at Fast Eddie's. Alton, Illinois, 4th and Broadway. Take the Clark Bridge and turn right. You cannot miss it. Cam Jansen coming up at the top of the hour. We're also going to talk a little Marquette basketball when we come back. I appreciate everybody 
Gratuitous Marquette coverage, which you I think Hoff has signed off on this. He is the producer, right? You've signed off on gratuitous Marquette coverage, and of course, a lot of hockey talk. Frank had uh, some snarky comments about it, but I said that I'll allow it. Yeah, well, we appreciate uh, the ability to be here. It's great because we're raising money for a scholarship so more kids can go to college at Marquette. We're live at Persimmon Woods Golf Club. We'll come back on our visit with the associate head coach of Marquette men's basketball, that's Stan Johnson, and we'll see you in just a little bit.